Hello everyone, this is your host Ramakrishna from Usha Investment Group LLC. Welcome back to Multifamily AP360, the show where we discuss 360 degrees views on mindset, passive and active multifamily investing. For those who are looking for tips, strategies, best and challenging experiences. Also, I request you to share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Today's our guest is Ken Gee from KRI Partners. Uh, welcome, Ken. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you very much, Ken. Please share a little bit more about your background. Sure. So uh, KRI Partners, uh, it's, I'm the, it's my company. I founded it back in 1997. Probably the first 10 or so years we grew up in Cleveland. Uh, we do 100% multifamily. And our primary objective, well, let me start over. We started in Cleveland. It's been uh, the back office is still located in Cleveland. About 10 or 15 years ago, we decided to start uh, moving uh, everything we do to Florida. So now everything we do is in central northern Florida. And then we continue to expand from there. The primary purpose of our company is really it's multifamily real estate investment. So, you know, we help people, uh, you know, reach their uh, financial objectives, their retirement goals, their, you know, put their kids through school, all of that through passive real estate investment. Got it. Yeah. Thank you very much. So what is the reason behind choosing real estate and multifamily space, Ken? Because quite honestly, because it's life changing. I mean, it, it really is when you. Uh, figure out how real estate works, how uh, when done properly, it provides not only a cash flow, but it provides appreciation. It provides tax benefits. I mean, those are the three major benefits. And then right now in particular, is I mean, it's a fantastic hedge against inflation. So, it, you know, I know that there were, there have been many people before me that have made an enormous amount of money uh, in investing in real estate. And when I started this, I wanted to find a way to to make it so I could retire, make it so that I could put my kids through school, make it so that I could start spending time doing things I wanted to do. At the time I was working at Deloitte, I'm a CPA by background as well, and a commercial lender. I spent five years as a lender and I was working really, really hard through all that, right? Your accountants work very hard and uh, I needed something. I, I just couldn't see how I was gonna get ahead I was going to work harder. I could work longer hours, I guess. But every time I tried to invest my money in the stock market or, or you know, the banks don't pay anything, I, I can't, always came back to real estate where you could earn the cash flow, you could get the appreciation and uh, and you can get the tax benefits. So it, uh, I looked at all the alternatives and I couldn't find a better alternative than multifamily real estate investing. So that's why I, I really migrated to this business. And, uh, and because of, that decision, you know, 20 some years ago. I mean, I, I've, you know, I could probably retire tomorrow if I wanted to. My kids have gone through school and without any student loans. And so I've been able to do uh, all of the things that uh, I wanted to do that I thought real estate would be able to provide for me and my family. And now, uh, now through passive investing, you know, we're putting, uh, you know, we're, we're putting our investors on that same track that I, uh, that I started on uh, years ago. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, what is your investment philosophy, Ken? Our investment in terms of what types of deals we do? Yeah. We, yeah. yeah we do basically BC class uh, value add deals. So we, you know, it's, it's the stuff that ordinary people live in. We look for an asset that we can make better either through physical improvements or, or management improvements. 
And we know that over three to five years, we'll be able to considerably increase rents because of that. Uh, we generally stick to uh, growth markets, uh, good neighborhoods. And when you put all of those things together, along, you know, along with the way real estate appreciates when we're able to improve the cash flow of the property, you know, our, our returns are generally, you know, far, far north of 15% annual returns for our investors. So yeah, we stick in the middle of the market, BC, where everybody, you know, where ordinary people live, we stick to growth markets, we stick to uh, assets that can cash flow and that we can make better. Um, and then we generally hold them three to five years. So I think you're, ex- you're investing in real estate very long. And what are the key skills required to be successful so long? Oh, sure, sure. The, the key skills, I would say the number one skill that uh, as i talk to new people trying to get into this business it's uh two things probably number one don't be afraid to do the hard work right because you have to do the hard work there's no easy uh way in anything that you do in life and the second is be persistent right because you'll look at a lot of deals and you know the first deal you you look at isn't probably going to be the one you buy so we you know we look at you know probably 50 75 100 deals before we buy one just to 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 make sure we find the right deal that fits right in our wheelhouse perfectly so persistence and uh, hard work right those two skills um are are super important and then if you have some sort of financial background it's always helpful because this business is really about numbers um it, you know it all boils down to uh you know revenues and expenses and and things like that. So you do uh, want to understand a little bit, at least on the number side. Got it. So would you share any challenging experiences in our journey? Yeah. So <laughs> there's there's uh, been a number of them. I mean, I've, I've been in business for 23 years, so uh, we've had our fair share. Um, you know, probably the biggest challenge was the 08, 09 recession. If people aren't familiar with it and you haven't run uh, through it, it was the time when uh, there was a financial crisis where really the credit markets froze up. You couldn't get loans. Uh, to do really anything uh, during that time. So that 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 time, the number one lesson that I learned as we operated through that time was to manage the debt uh, very, very carefully, manage your maturities, make sure that you're, you know, you always have some flexibility in terms of when your debt's going to mature. I mean, that's probably the most challenging time. I think anybody in this business that's been in it as long as we have would probably tell you. So, uh, you know, and, and certainly covid uh, provided some uh, some challenges, but really the challenges were very different than the ones we faced back in 08, 09. Got it, got it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. I think uh, you you might be renovating your properties and other stuff. So what are the five important steps you must follow when renovating a multifamily apartment property? Yeah, sure. So this is, this is a good question. And you're going to be surprised to hear that three out of these five things actually have nothing to do with the renovation work itself. So the first thing I want people to do when they're going to renovate their property is to make sure they do an in-depth market study. And when I say market study, I want you to understand the rent structure for the properties that directly compete with you now and then look at least one level up. And when you renovate your property, it's gonna, it's gonna be better, it's gonna be nicer, it's gonna compete with a different pool of property. So what I want you to do is go one level up and then understand the rental market at that level. So where you're at now and where you're going to take it and see where your projected rents, um, we'll see where they stack up against the competition at both levels, because the day you buy the property, you're, the, the people that are looking for an apartment are going to see the quality of apartment that you have, and they're going to judge you relative to your competition and your pricing has to make sense. When you renovate the apartment, just a different set of people 
will make a very similar decision about where to live and your rent has to fit and make sense relative to the competition. So that's always step one, because if you don't understand how much rent increases you can get, you run the risk of over-improving, under-improving, and not hitting it, right? So you got to know where you're headed, right? It's, it's really identifying the target at the end of the road so that you know where you're going. The second thing I want people to do is to really nail down your budget, make it part of the plan. I'm going to talk about this again later, but I want you to constantly reevaluate uh, your budget and and your renovation plan. So you're going to do it once when you first see the property. You're going to do it again when you write an LOI. You're going to do it again when you sign a purchase agreement because all during this process, you're learning more. When you go do due diligence, you're probably going to tweak it again because you're going to learn things. And then finally, the last, you, you not, it's not the last, but you'll, you'll probably re- do it again after you spend some time on the property and you get to know the property a little better by owning it. And you'll learn the things that you didn't know beforehand. So that renovation plan tends to be pretty dynamic. And I would encourage everybody to do it. Number three is probably not, this is the toughest one sometimes for people. And that is, I like to see people wait some period of time after they take over the property to start renovations. So maybe it's 30 days, maybe it's 60 days, maybe it's 90 days. You'll know when it's the right time. But here's why I want you to wait just a minute. When you take over that property, you've done your due diligence and you think you know everything about the property, but I guarantee you, you don't. What happens then when you take over a property is you get to, you learn some things that you didn't know before. And so there is a very real possibility that you're going to take this new information after 30 days or 60 days or whatever the period you decide to wait, and you'll reallocate your capital improvement dollars because you know more. And what I don't want to see people do, and I know because I did this a long, long time ago, you go in, you're ready to go. You want it day one, man, you're going to tear this place up and go renovate it. And you do that and you spend all your money only to realize a few weeks later, or a month or so later, you learn something about the property and you really wish you had some money still in the bank to make whatever correction, whatever repair needs to be done, but you don't have it because you spend it on day one. So I love for people to wait 30, 60, 90 days, whatever is appropriate and kind of just get your feet on the ground and make sure that you don't want to make any major adjustments. Then when you do your actual renovation, I want you to start from the outside in. That's what I always want people to do. A lot of people think, okay, these are people who are going to live inside an apartment. They want to jump right to the inside of the apartment and make it nice. And although that, I mean, you can certainly make a case for that might make sense, but here's the problem. If a property needs general renovation and the outside isn't really cool, doesn't appeal to them, your leasing people will have a very difficult time getting those people to turn into your driveway and go to the front door of that apartment and see what amazing work you did inside. So I always want you to start on the outside, make sure that your amenities are nice. We, we love building up our amenity packages if we can. Uh, you want to make sure the landscaping's nice. All of the exterior common areas, right? Think you want to get them at hello, right? Think of the Jerry Maguire movie. You had me at hello. That's what you want to do. So the one perspective renters come, they see this beautiful property on the outside. They see this awesome amenity package. Then when you get into the unit, you just don't want to let them down, right? You don't have to go crazy in the unit. You just don't want to let them down. But they care a lot about how the exterior common areas, the landscaping, the amenities, all that stuff looks. Because not only will they use some of these areas as their own, but they're going to invite their friends and family to their apartment and they don't want to be embarrassed. 
right? They don't want to be embarrassed to see there's weeds all over the parking lot and things like that. Um, and then finally, last, we kind of talked about this already a little bit, and that is just be prepared to reassess your improvement plan. I see a lot of new people, especially new people in this business. So they go out, they, they come up with a business plan, and then they go, they go raise money and they tell their investors a story. And then over a period of time, they go through. So they raid the money, they close the deal, they go through due diligence. But all during this time, they're learning about the property and they it, it kind of becomes a tug of war in their mind. They told the investors this was the plan and they feel like if they change it later, it's going to hurt them. And they are, they're afraid that their investors will think that they don't know what they're doing. And I'm here to tell you, your investors want you to be flexible with your plan. If you learn something, uh, you know, after you take over that you didn't know when you, you first told them about the investment, you know, you should, you should make sure that they're comfortable, that the, your plan is going to change and make sure that the decisions that you're making are, are most efficiently utilizing their capital. So that's probably the last thing. So make sure you do a good rent study, make sure you develop a good budget and, and, and don't be afraid to modify it uh, through the process. Wait some period of time after you close so that you can make sure you know everything that you need to know before you, you finish up your CapEx. Use an outside-in approach when you're renovating. That's super important. And then uh, communicate to your investors uh, that your, your plan is dynamic. It's going to be dynamic. And make sure that as you go through the process, you're constantly reevaluating it so that you use their money more efficiently. So many great points. Yeah. So true also. Yeah. And would you share any like you know best experiences or challenging experiences around renovation plans? Yeah, the renovation, um, the best experiences. Well, I, I mean, we do some third-party management as well. I mean, I've seen people try to do the out, inside-out approach, and that's where they renovate inside the units and uh, leave the outside go to later on that theory that you know people live inside their units, not outside their units. And uh, the, the plan usually fails and it fails because, you know, the leasing people just can't get people to the front door. So I've not made that mistake personally, but I've seen it done by some by a number of people. So, you know, that's really important that I want, want people to focus on in terms of, you know, best experiences. Um, you know, I, I kind of enjoy the renovation process because it gives me, uh, even though I'm a CPA by background, commercial lender, numbers kind of guy. It is fun to get creative. And so to have that creative side, uh, when you're renovating a property, you can stand back and kind of envision what you want it to look like, what kind of colors of paint you want to use and what kind of flowers to put in the beds and that kind of stuff. I mean, that that's probably the most fun part of this business, um, other than talking to people uh, that, that I enjoy the most, just being able to use that creative uh, side to uh, kind of create a vision and then actually make it happen. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And what's your take on current market uh, situation or market, you know, uh, your point of view? Yeah. So I, I'm assuming you're referring to interest rates and things like that. Is that right? Or Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Yep. yeah that, that's what most people want to talk about right now. So, you know, rates are ticking up. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to continue to climb forever. I, I think they're going to up a little bit, they're going to level off. I, you know, I, I sort of welcome a little bit of uh, a little bit higher interest rates. I mean, it's, Really, if you're a buyer like we are, it's really hard uh, to find deals when so many people are looking and with rates super low, you know, it just brings everybody into the market. So, you know, I think uh, probably a little bit of fear in the market is not going to hurt us. Uh, obviously, we don't want too much, but, you know, it makes it 
a little easier for us to buy. So uh, I'm, I'm not concerned about the market right now at all. I, I follow a number of economists and I try to look at real hard data. And uh, the the true economist, unbiased, you know, by any political side, they're you know they're almost all in agreement that you know we're gonna we're gonna have a fairly soft landing. Their rates are gonna tick up, but then they're gonna level off and. And we'll be fine with the, uh, you know, without going into some deep recession. Awesome. And thank you. Thank you for sh- uh, sharing that. Sure. Uh, what is, what are you excited about right now? What you're focusing on right now? Yeah. yeah so right now we're actually uh, preparing to raise money for our second fund. So uh, many people in this business are syndicators, right? You may or may not be one, but what you, what syndicators do is they go raise the money. I'm sorry. They find the deal. Yep. Then they go raise the money. And so we do the opposite. It's called a blind pool fund. It's the best way to buy in a competitive market like Florida and the Southeast. And that is we go out and raise the money in advance. We're raising our second blind pool fund. This one will be $25 million. And so we'll use that money to then go buy uh, value add uh, BC class assets and growing markets, do exactly what we've always done for 23 years. But our business model is a little different in that the, the money is raised in advance and then we go find the deals. So then when we go approach brokers, markets, the sellers, they know that we don't have to raise the money. We already did. So we become a much stronger buyer uh, during that during that time. So we're 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 starting that process right now and uh you know literally wrapping up the documents as I speak. So uh, that's what we're focusing on right now. And uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to deploy the capital uh, uh pretty quickly and and get them into deals. Uh, got it. Uh, any other advantages uh, going with blind pool fund? Well, there's a lot. I mean, the advantages, the, the biggest advantage is the fact that you can uh, uh, you can get the deals right. I mean, syndicators, yep. uh, I think I think you're a syndicator. So, you know, I mean, you're competing against a bunch of other syndicators. Well, if I come in with a blind pool fund and I already have 20 million dollars raised, I'm just so much stronger. Uh, and sellers will know that because they know that there's no risk. Uh, you know, I can close faster. Um, you know, generally people that operate blind pool funds have been around longer. They've yeah. got more experience. They're usually quicker, more efficient with due diligence. You know, everything about the process is probably a little more fine tuned than somebody who's a little less experienced. So that's probably the biggest benefit. Yeah, got it. And any one advice that you have received have impact on you? I've been fortunate over the years, to, you know, to have a lot of people uh, take the time to care about uh, helping me get better. Um, you know, probably the the best advice uh, I've ever gotten, and I really like to pass it on, is just like anything. I mean, you got to keep learning. You got to keep developing yourself. You got to get better. Um, that's, it, you know, that's the number one thing. I mean, I do a ton of reading, uh, lots of learning every day um, in real estate. I mean, we've been in this business 23 years and, you know, I'm learning every single day. So that's the best advice. Um, number one, learn. And I would say the other thing that I think is right up there, it's equally as important is, you know, just realize that whatever you're doing right now, you're doing because you've decided that that's what you're going to do, right? So the point is, uh, I, I have a saying, and that is you are where you are because you've chosen to be there, right? And by that, I mean, your mind dictates where you are, what you're working on, what what you're going to be able to accomplish. And I, I'm pretty firm believer that most people, um, if they just open their mind and realize that you could be something even bigger, better, uh, whatever than you are today, um, as soon as you understand that concept, uh, life changes in a really big way. Awesome. Yeah. 
any books that impacted your life and what way? Yeah, lots of lots of books have impacted me. Stephen Covey, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, I think Michael Gerber writes a book, The E-Myth Revisited. Um, Grant Cardone's uh, 10X uh, Living. Um, that's just a way to just work hard and, you know, make sure you're successful. Um, I don't know. I could go on and on, but uh, those are some pretty strong books that have really impacted my life. Awesome. And how are you giving back to community? Oh, how are we giving back to community? Well, we do a lot of things. First of all, I love giving back to children. So we do a lot of children's charities, things like that. In terms of this business, what I like to be able to do, I've been doing it for 23 years now. I think back to the day I started back when I started, there weren't that many places to get good advice to learn, to talk to people who have been in the business for a long time. And so now what I'm trying to do is to, you know, to help people that are brand new to the business, help learn some of the things that I learned the hard way. Maybe I can save them a few dollars by uh, sort of sort of teaching them before uh, they make those mistakes. So that's those are the two ways that we generally get back. Got it. So how can listeners can connect with you, Ken? Yeah, great question. So you go to kripartners.com slash ebook. So I wrote a book. It's called Multifamily Real Estate is a Total Game Changer. It focuses on two things, very basic things. The first is everybody knows that everybody's making a ton of money in real estate, but you're trying to figure out, most people are trying to figure out how does it fit into their life? So we go through that a little analysis, how it fits into your life, because it impacted my first uh, property in a really big way. It had to fit into my life. So I try to help people figure that out because every single person I talk to is trying to figure that out. The second thing that the book talks about is most people, because of their situation, their family, their lives, they should be passive investors because they don't really have the time to start a brand new company and start learning something from scratch. So if you're going to be a passive investor, what's really important is that you are able to vet sponsors the right way. So I go into in the second half of the book a lot about how it, what it is like to be a sponsor. How does the business work? how to make sure that the people that you're investing with have experience and you can see their track record and all of that kind of stuff. So again, kripartners.com slash ebook. If you go to free download, you'll just get into my email list then. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, if you get through the book, that helps you uh, sort out a couple of those things. Awesome. And thank you, Ken. Thank you for sharing, you know, five, five renovation steps you must follow, you know, while renovating your property. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Sure. Thanks for listening to Multifamily AP360. Check out the show notes and grab the freebie on our website, ushacapital.com. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with those who might benefit and leave a rating and review. Follow me on my social media. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time.